every organization is different, right? Um, if you think about best practices, essentially there are none, right? It's the best practice for your organization. Um, so I always try to help these leaders really figure out well, what are you doing? What are you doing right now, right? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve with the, you know, the appetite for the work that you have maybe with amongst your leaders um, for those who are looking to really help you in building a strong, inclusive, uh, you know, workforce too as well. Um, how can we make this specific to you and tailored to you too as well? So you're not comparing yourselves uh, to maybe what others are doing and not stopping you from at least starting to take action too as well. Um, so I definitely understand why people uh, and why leaders, you know, ask that question. Um, maybe to even see if they're even capable enough to start taking action. Uh, but I also think it's a, a part of my duty too, as well, to really help architect a way for a leader to take action, no matter where they show up to this work. Welcome to the Voices of Inclusion podcast, the place where you'll hear strategic and tactical advice shared by diversity, equity, and inclusion experts. This podcast is brought to you by Matheson.io, the world's first DEI operating system. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io. The link to connect with us is also in the description. Let's get back to the episode. All right. So Andre, man, I know you as an incredible sales leader, someone who is, he's been, who's been one of my uh, favorite team members for the past uh, year, actually almost two years, right? Yeah. It's been almost two years since I've been here. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Time, time is flying. Um, and actually one of my real friends. So man, um, for the people that don't know you yet, could you let us know uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Definitely, definitely. And always a pleasure to uh, to sync up with you, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, my name is Andre, as mentioned before. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I am a senior account executive here at Matheson. Um, fun fact, I was actually the first account executive here at Matheson, which is really cool. I've been able to see us uh, really advance, go, go, go from something kind of prehistoric to something that is, um, you know, super future proof, um, super excited about the value that uh, we're giving to the leaders, um, you know, out there who are doing such good work in the DEI space and about my part in it too, as well. A lot of my, uh, a lot of my responsibilities are learning about organizations. What are their strategic goals around DEI? Uh, where are they looking to advance? Where are they falling? Where are the gaps in between, right? Um, and really helping them understand who we are here at Matheson, um, why we do what we do, what we do, and then drawing that kind of lineation between what they're looking to achieve and what we can help them achieve within our platform. So um, I get to learn a lot. Um, and that is what I really love about my position um, here at Matheson. I learned so much about uh, some of the specific issues that different leaders are going through when it comes to, uh, you know, their responsibility to take on DEI for their organizations. Um, I get to learn a, a lot about different shared experiences uh, from the diverse, um, you know, the, di the diversity that I encounter uh, within my role too as well, which really helps me to build empathy and really helps mold how I show up to this work every day too as well. So um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great honor to be able to use your skill set 
uh, to work in a space that you're truly passionate about every day. That's awesome, man. And I know you speak to a lot of leaders on a consistent basis, but um, when we think when we think about DEIB, um, it seems like some leaders kind of focus on the impact on people, and some people focus on the business a little bit more. Um, what's your philosophy yeah. on that dichotomy there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that that's definitely something I, I, I encounter a lot within my conversations. Um, I think that they both have equal importance, right? Um, I, I think it's you know pretty obvious that like any company that truly values DEI, DEIB, or whatever acronym um, you all use to really define, you know, how are we um, creating processes that build equity, inclusion, belonging, diversity, um, you know, to our organization. Um, any organization that really values building a, a true positive network, a true inclusive workforce, um, where their employees feel valued, they feel represented, they feel respected, uh, they feel empowered, um, that that has a direct correlation to things like higher employee satisfaction, employee productivity, right, engagement, too, as well, that all can lead to better business outcomes, right? Um, what I always ask or what I always think about is, okay, we know what we want to do to an extent, right? But how are we doing it and why are we doing it? And I think those are some of the, the, the two questions that we need to really ask ourselves, right? Um, if our goal is to be more diverse, right? Our organization should be more diverse. How are we gonna do that? And why are we doing that too as well? Because that why will really help leaders and ourselves figure out what goals are we setting, right? And then that how will really uh, help us figure out, well, how are we going to get there? And in order for us to be able to account for the different, um, you know, the, the, the different people, the different um, identities, right? The diversity that we're built, bringing into our organization, we have to figure out, well, how are we getting there? How are they getting through these processes? Um, and that's where equity comes in. And, and equity, honestly, is one of my I would say the, the 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 acronym or the word in the acronym that I align to a lot, um, and we had a great definition about equity um, at our um, at our uh, uh, equity uh, summit. And within that, uh, one of the definitions was that equity is us accounting for the structural advantages and disadvantages that different people, groups, and identities kind of go through, right, in our processes. And so I always think about that, right, like what are those structural advantages and disadvantages that some most people go through and that some people actually have the disadvantage of going through too as well and the changes in between those two areas right really finding out you know how can i help people get to uh this level where you know you know they feel like they have an equal and fair opportunity to be able to to enter into an organization or to be able to advance in their position um so I feel like they they both have equal importance, but we really do have to look at this in a very holistic way, right? We can't just try to jump to that uh, outcome, which usually is diversity or uh, the feeling and sentiment of belonging. We have to have real reverence for what does that process look like? Are we keeping equity in mind when trying to build a road to these outcomes? Um, are we making sure that we are drawing in others, um, especially those that we're looking uh, to have represent us within our business? Um, are we looking to draw them in as we are creating these policies, these processes too, as well? Um, so I, I think it's very important and we have leaders, DEI leaders too as well, 
to be able to make sure that uh, they're keeping executive leadership uh, aligned to those two questions, right? Why are we setting these goals, right? What does it mean to our overall business? What does it mean to the people that we're looking to represent? Okay, then now how are we going to get there, right? And that's super important for us to be able to build structure into how we're going to get there and not take shortcuts. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Um, I know that, you know, as a sales professional, um, you speak to people that are really looking for um, the right solution. And, um, you know, a lot of times they'll have a lot of questions, I'm sure, but uh, what are one or two questions that you typically get from them and how do you normally respond? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I would say the one question that comes to mind um, that I hear often are, what are other you know companies that are similar to us doing? Um, I think that was that's definitely the one that really really pops up in my head when that question comes up. Um, and and I, I think it's a rightful question. I think oftentimes, you know, when you're coming to something with intention. Um, but maybe you haven't been able to take extreme action on it. Um, sometimes we have that like paralysis by over analysis and we don't take action on it. We want to see what others are doing first, right? Um, before we make a move. Um, I always think back to, uh, you know, what Lily Zhang, what they said on one of our uh, events and, and what they said was that, you know, every organization is different, right? Um, if you think about best practices, essentially there are none. Right. It's the best practice for your organization. Um, so I always try to help these leaders really figure out well, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Right. What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve with the, you know, the appetite for the work that you have maybe with amongst your leaders um, for those who are looking to really help you in building a strong, inclusive, uh, you know, workforce too as well. Um, how can we make this specific to you when tailored to you too as well. So you're not comparing yourselves uh, to maybe what others are doing and that's stopping you from at least starting to take action too as well. Um, so I definitely understand why people uh, and why leaders, you know, ask that question, um, maybe to even see if they're even capable enough to start taking action. Uh, but I also think it's a part of my duty too as well to really help architect a way or leader to take action, no matter where they show up to this work too, as well. So um, yeah, I definitely say that that is the question that I hear a lot, um, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, my conversations with, our, you know, our prospective partners. Yeah, man. And I know you've been really uh, successful in sales for a long time. Um, <laughs> you know, as a successful black man in America, and a working father uh, in a world dominated yeah. by people that don't necessarily look like you um, or us. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what has kept you motivated over the years? Um, and what's been really the key to that success in your opinion? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, if I think about, you know, motivation, I think about, you know, my, my own personal experiences being raised by a single mother who, you know, never took a day off. Right, had raised four kids by herself. Um, you know, being a strong black woman and getting up every day, and you know, making sure it's food on the table, making sure, you know, when the holidays came around, we had everything that we needed. Um, you know, some of the strongest people that I know in this world are women. Um, I was raised by my grandmother too, as well, older sisters. Um, and so, obviously, you know 
I've been through my own fair share of biases, uh, discrimination, being a black man. Um, but I think I've always had a reverence for uh, obviously not only my community, but, um, you know, just the differences outside of myself, right? By being raised by strong um, black women too, as well. So I always, I, I guess it was instilled in me to work hard, um, you know, to kind of beat that status quo um, that you should be defined by what you do, right? Not the color of your skin, right? Not things that you can't control. And so I always try to align myself to things that I can control. You know, I can control how I prepare for a conversation. I can control um, how I show up to my duties, right? Um, and I've noticed that me focusing on the things that I can control is what helps motivate me to not focus on things that I can't. And for me to be able to stay focused and locked in on, on, on that success. Um, it's obviously great to kind of have that external fuel, having a young daughter and having someone who is relying on me to be as successful and the best that I can be too, as well. Um, and even with her, you know, bless her little heart. She's always saying, you know, that just be happy. Right. Um, so that is, that is definitely something that, you know, constantly comes into my head, right. Just that, that balance between success and hard work um, and being in control of the things that you can control, but also finding happiness and joy in what you're doing too as well. So um, I, I try to find a way to balance those two, not always successful, um, but at least I have something to always bring me back when I feel like I'm, I'm kind of losing it. So I think that that's what helped me for sure. Yeah, man. I love the, the way that you speak about your daughter and um, all the women in your life. Yeah. Um, but as a girl dad, man, how does that impact the work that you do every day? I know you kind of touched on it, but um, how yeah. does it affect you day to day? Yeah, uh, it affects me a lot. Um, again, like I said, being raised uh, by very strong women um, and now having a young lady, a young woman of my own to to, to help mold um, to guide her and direct her and to help her figure out right and wrong too, as well. Um, it's a huge responsibility. It's something I don't take lightly. Um, my daughter looks up to me as, <laughs> as, uh, as a superhero. So I obviously don't want to let her down. Um, and as someone too, as well, who, who grew up with their father, not absent, um, you know, I want to obviously make sure that she knows that um, her father uh, is a man that will always be here for her. Um, and and that's and that really drives me every day to show up for her. Um, if I'm not feeling, you know, at, you know, all myself, all there, um, she can be that external fuel that really helps. And um, I, I, I want to I want to be a part of something that helps create a future where she has access to opportunities that she deserves. You know, she works hard. Um, if there are places that she wants to reach, um, I don't want, you know, her gender or anything like that to affect um, her access to opportunities. Um, and being in this space has really helped me figure out how I show up for others. Um, and especially how I show up for her too as well. 
Um, so this is something that's super personal to me, you know, being able to work in a DEI field, uh, obviously, you know, from my own, um, you know, identity, but also to be able to be a part of something that can help mold a, a, a better, fair, more fair future uh, for my young daughter um, definitely impacts me every day and how I show up to this work. Yeah. You know, when it comes to um, some of the tools that you're seeing uh, in the market, um, what do you think employers need to keep in mind as they search for new DEI tools and resources? I know that there's, there's so many things to, uh, to search, to search. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think? That you yeah. Yeah. I always think about, you know, when it comes to some of the initiatives, some of the goals that we're setting for ourselves, especially when it comes to DEI, um, we got to look at, you know, what is going to empower our teams to be able to take action um, but for, but also too, as well, to be able to draw upon data for us to be able to take decisive action too, as well. I think that's always a key. I think with everything um, that, that I do in my life, I look at, well, what is motivating that? Usually that's data, right? What is motivating this action? What are motivating these goals, right? And if you're able to pinpoint that, that is the data that you need in order for you to be able to really um, figure out how do I take action? So anything that can you know, really help inform upon those decisions um, that can help you to be able to draw others in, um, you know, to the work too as well. I think oftentimes when I speak to just people, they want to be involved in many of the DEI initiatives that or that their organization has, um, but there's no process for them to be able to be brought in. Um, so if we're able to really look at, well, what are our goals, what are our initiatives, and then what tools are going to really help us get there? Um, I think that that should be the, at, you know, at, at the top of, you know, the list, top of mind when it comes to evaluating, evaluating to tools, um, you know, not tools that are going to help us, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of create shortcuts. Um, but tools that can really help us to be able to do the process more efficiently, right? We don't want to jump past that process, but we want to be able to do it more efficiently. Um, and I think that those are the tools that I hear a lot that our partners are really looking for, or our, pers our prospective partners are looking for. And from my experience, those are the tools that allow us to be able to do this work more holistically and see sustainable change when it comes to our DEI initiatives. So, um, that is definitely the way I look at, you know, the tools that we should be keeping in mind when it comes to doing this work. That's awesome. Um, I know that there are a lot of leaders out there that are really just trying to figure out how to make their employees feel more seen, heard. Um, I think we call that belonging. Yeah. Um, but I know you have a lot of experience. I think you, you run a few companies right now. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, um, from your experience as a leader, could you talk about how you make employees feel um, welcome and appreciated at work? Yeah. Um, you know, I think about it you know, kind of internally here at Matheson with my colleagues um, and, and kind of what we do internally um, that I see always work. And I try to emulate that too as well. But, uh, you know, we're always so good at, um, you know, making sure someone, uh, you know, is, is, is being appreciated for the work that they're doing. Um, I think that is something that is, it, it, it sounds so little, but can mean so much to someone who historically uh, hasn't had that type of praise and appreciation in their work. 
Um, I love seeing people getting shout out, shout shout outs for, uh, you know, if they complete a certain project or a certain task or they help someone. Um, that is how that is one definitely one way you can make someone feel like they belong or that they're seen too as well. Um, as a leader, I think that obviously when it comes to uh, you know the the other leaders within your organization, your voice gets to them a little bit quicker, right? In a maybe more efficient manner uh, in most uh, occasions. So if you see someone who maybe had a great idea or has accomplished something that maybe the rest of the organization hasn't seen, use your voice to, to kind of lift that voice up too as well, to lift that achievement up as well. I think that's a responsibility that leaders have too as well to empower uh, others too. Um, so that's definitely something that uh, I try to keep, you know, in mind outside of Matheson, um, you know, uh, inside of, uh, you know, Matheson too as well, my particular duties, um, you know, let's be able to use our voice to be able to lift others up and empower them. Um, it, it, it's, you'd be surprised at just how uh, something that can seem so small could really mean so much to someone, help them feel like they belong and even empower them to go above and beyond what they're currently doing. Yeah, and speaking of belonging, um, I think authenticity is a huge part of what could make a person feel Indeed. like they belong or the opposite of that, you know, um, especially when people have their quirks. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it may be hard to fit in. Um, yeah. How important is authenticity to you? I know this is a conversation that we've we've had a few times, but um, you talk about yeah. um, your philosophy on authenticity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that I think that it's it, it's it's obviously very important for us to be authentic and aware of of, of who we are. I think that uh, in this space too, as well, if we talk about DEI, sometimes we feel like we have to be something that we're not yet right like i think in this journey we're always learning we're always growing i know that when i you know formally got into this space and i could just speak off personal experience right um i was just very aligned to the struggles that my community go through you know goes through the black community right now something i was super aligned with right that was maybe you know a lot of my passion uh, you know, for um, kind of social justice movements, right? It was around what historically have Black people and myself have gone through um, in this country. And, um, you know, what I've learned on this journey is how I show it for others, right? How I show it for others who have similar or shared struggles too as well that are part of different communities. Um, and I think that if we're able to be authentic about where we're at, in this journey, you know, where we're stepping in, in this journey, it allows us to have more reverence for the process, right? Um, I know we love to think that we're experts at things, but it's a constant um, journey to be able to learn and to grow. And the space is constantly growing, right? Every day we're learning something new, right? Every year something new is being uh, introduced to us uh, in this space too as well. Um, so I think that we we do no justice to ourselves if we're not being authentic about where we're truly at, um, because that allows us to be able to ask questions. That allows us to be able to, um, you know, maybe learn from people who are different from us, and that can help us to be able to increase things like empathy, you know, um, which is truly important for this space too, as well. So, uh, as you know me, I, I, I'm 
I show up to, to everything that I am, you know, 100% me, right? Um, it's not about, you know, being liked, it's about being you, um, you know, and, 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 and really, um, you know, being you obviously in the best light that you can be. Um, and so I encourage everyone to be truly authentic, no matter where you are, no matter what your lived experience, you know, is, um, because if you are showing up to this with authentic authenticity, you will be able to then figure out, okay, this is where I'm at and here's where I want to be. Let me make sure I pull in the right resource for me to be able to get there. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, that was a great question. Definitely something that's super important. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, man, this has been a really great conversation. I feel like this definitely. is probably um, one of many, of course, but um, you know, as we leave our listeners, um, if there was one action you would urge our DEI leaders to take after this, um, yeah. what would that one action be? Yeah, powerful, powerful question. Um, I would say that actually would be don't give up. Um, you know, I know we're in a time where things are tough, um, where most leaders feel like they're alone, you know, in this work, um, you know, where most people are, are kind of burnt out, you know, they're tired um, because, you um, you know, they're not maybe seeing the, the, the progress that uh, many have hoped to see uh, within the years that we've been doing this uh, this work, right? Um, or they're not feeling the support that they feel that they should have to as well. Um, but the work that you're doing is being seen. We definitely see it, we hear it. And that's why we're constantly finding, or looking to find solutions uh, to be able to help do this work in a more efficient and more collaborative um a more thoughtful manner um so i would say that the work that you know you dei leaders are doing out there is seen it's appreciated it's heard especially from young you know black men like me um you know and and i'm sure others too as well that are part of different communities we appreciate everything that you're doing we hear it don't give up um the work is just beginning we have to remember that too as well we have a long journey to be able to really change something that has been systemic. Um, so that's definitely something that I would urge our leaders to, you know, keep strong, um, don't give up, you know, and just kind of hold your head high in this work. Very sage advice from Andre. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us and sharing thank your you for having me on the Voices of Inclusion podcast. See you next time. If you're looking for DEI assessments, benchmarking tools, sourcing support, training, and more, look no further. Go to www.matheson.io and book a call to speak with us. The link is in the description. We're looking forward to connecting with you next time.